Philip Gustafson does what when he's nervous? Plus, the Evgeny Malkin rumors died as quickly as they started for the Wild. We look at that and more as we gear up for free agency today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we discuss Philip Gustafson as he was uh, the player the Wild acquired in the Cam Talbot trade. We talk with Ross Levitan of Locked On Senators to get some intel on what Gustafson brings to the table and how he could slot in to the Wild's goalie room this season and beyond. Plus, we'll look at free agency and uh, what the Wild are looking for with some more cap room to work with and positions they may target in free agency if Bill Guerin does make some more moves before a crazy day uh, coming up here for the NHL. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer with well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams guiding you through the offseason here at Locked on Wild. So the Cam Talbot trade is taken care of. And uh, Philip Gustafson coming back to the Minnesota Wild, the rookie goalie prospect. Uh, we have for you today a fantastic interview, uh, crossover with Ross Levitan of Locked on Senators. Uh, a lot of good insight into what Gustafson could bring to the table and an interesting contract note which leaves me to crossing off the backup goalie position for the Wild in free agency, uh, plus a lot of free agency talk here today as well. Those Evgeny Malkin rumors were fun, weren't they, uh, while they lasted? Uh, Malkin, before we could even get an episode together talking about the potential for that to happen, re-upped with the Pittsburgh Penguins, four years at $6.1 million per Year. Now, the reason that these came about is obviously the Pittsburgh ties that the Minnesota Wild have with general manager Bill Guerin. And it, it just underscores, I think, this important theme to consider for the Minnesota Wilds going into free agency is you can have a plan in place. You can have your roster put together, neatly gift-wrapped, and ready to go. But I think the thing that makes GMs in sports successful, you see this more in the NBA, mainly because of how a lot of these star athletes kind of treat things in uh, in wanting trades and, and how quickly they come together. You have to have a plan A and a plan B as a general manager. And you have to be able to quickly kind of weave in between both of them in order to make things happen on the fly that you may not have necessarily assumed were going to be possibilities. Let's say this Evgeny Malkin thing ended up getting some major steam and uh, there were some major legs to it to where he didn't sign with the Pittsburgh Penguins 
Uh, they ended up doing one thing or another to where there wasn't enough money for him to come back. If you're Bill Guerin at that point, you believe that Malkin can be on a little shorter deal, can be a an impact player that could really optimize the top line and uh, could make this team, wild team a better team this year and beyond. You know, you have to quickly be able to try to make that happen. So with the Cam Talbot trade and how things quickly came together for that, the Wilds opened themselves up some additional cap space. Now, they were at about $4.3 million. Malkin signed for 6.1. We're going to assume that because of his age, you know, his desire was to finish his career off or get at least as close to the end of his career as he could in Pittsburgh. So if the Wild were to offer a shorter term, higher AAV, they would have had to kick a few more contracts out the door. We talked yesterday about some of the names that could potentially be on that list. In order for that to be fully facilitated, that would probably have required a Matt Dumba trade in order to get the Wild up past 10 to where they could offer Malkin somewhere around seven per uh, on like a two-year deal. It ultimately didn't end up paying out that way, but let's say things happen with particular free agents. I know a name that the Wild were linked to initially at the trade deadline, Claude Giroux, didn't turn out. Let's say something happens to where the Senators don't end up being able to uh, to close the deal, and Giroux's next best offer is the one-year, $1 million deal that apparently the Florida Panthers are offering because of how cap-strapped they are. you got to have some pieces of the puzzle that you can move around at will in order to make things happen if you have something that kind of is put up on your doorstep that you're not necessarily anticipating will be there. And I think Bill Guerin has put this team in a spot to where that is a possibility. Uh, he has been very adamant at points throughout the season or the offseason about how set this roster is to allow him to be able to know exactly what he needs if he is to subtract a piece from the mix. He knows exactly what he needs to replace that depending on whatever player gets added into the mix. So I'm not saying it's likely necessarily that the Wild will do anything major in free agency, but I think Bill Guerin has set them up to be able to quickly put plans together if a particular free agent kind of falls in their lap, which I think is the right way to approach it as opposed to strictly saying, you know what? We're going to go for our one to two players to just fill out the roster, and that's going to be it. I'm not saying it's ultimately going to lead to them being able to lure a big fish in, but in the event that anybody's status gets dragged out, the Wild could make it happen if they absolutely wanted to go get somebody to occupy that top line. They could. Will they? Remains to be seen, but uh, I think Bill Guerin has done a good job of positioning this team heading into free agency to either pick up what they need 
or potentially go big game hunting if that's the route they choose to go. So it will be very interesting to follow free agency throughout the course of the day. And of course, we'll have a big day one free agency recap for you on uh, Lockdown Wilds coming up tomorrow. So make sure to stay tuned for that. On the way next, we will talk with Ross Levitan of Locked On Senators about new wild goalie, Philip Gustafson. Interesting quirk to Gustafson when he gets nervous during starts. We'll talk about that as well as other things that Gustafson brings to the table. All that and more coming up next here on Locked On Wild. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball season, college football, and NFL futures as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all that and more at BetOnline, where the game starts. What's happening, hockey fans? Welcome to a special crossover edition of Lockdown Wild and Lockdown Senators. Breaking down the big one, Cam Talbot headed to Ottawa in a trade that uh, led to yet another instance where Bill Guerin does not blink when uh, going in a standoff against a player or an agent. Uh, Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, joined by Ross Levitan of Locked on Senators. And, wow, I mean, you guys, goalie-wise, have been busy here this offseason, so let's just start there. Um, just, just take us through the timeline, Ross. Matt Murray is, uh, is in Toronto now, and so... Senators were looking for a replacement, and here comes Cam Talbot. What do you think? Seth, I'm so happy we're back, dude. The Kevin Fiala talk went nowhere. Well, to Los <laughs> Angeles, so nowhere near my neck of the woods. But always great to chat with you. And you always love a one-for-one -one trade, right? And there's so many layers to this one. We'll get into it. But with Ottawa, of course, it does start with the trade that took four days to complete, sending Matt Murray to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they were able to get out of the next two years of salary for Matt Murray, most importantly, People were like, why didn't you just buy him out? They would have had to pay him $10 million because it's a backloaded contract to make it $7 million in salary this year, $8 million next year. Instead, they retained 25%, so they're only on the hook for 3.75. They gave up a third-round pick, a seventh-round pick as a little sweetener there for Toronto to take that contract on. But with that, you're looking at a situation where they were going into next season with Anton Forsberg, who's 29 years old, 30, I think now, who's unproven outside of last year. But, man, he was unbelievable. Last year, I think he had a couple games against uh, the Wild, at least one where he stand on his head, looked real good. And he earned a three-year contract extension. So you love to see that. Um, but at the same time, the Sens are in a spot in the rebuild right now where it's been six years without a playoff uh, berth. That's longer than it took them from inauguration in 1992 to get their first playoff um, appearance. So they, they needed to do something. They've been aggressive, uh, buying out, moving out money. They go out and get the big fish guy from your division who your fans would know really well in Alex Dabrinkit. So you've really kind of made a, an impact that the rebuild is over. And I know Pierre Dorian got clowned on for saying that last summer, but it really does feel that way. So with Philip Gustafson, we'll get into his body of work a little bit later, but 24 years old, his first year on a one-way contract. And it's like, 
can we trust him to be a 1A, 1B type goalie? Or is it better that he's like a real backup next year? And with Anton Forsberg, played a career-high 48 games last year. You're expecting him, if it's him and for, uh, him and Gustafson, he's probably going to play 55-60. So to get Cam Talbot just seems like a perfect kind of 1A, 1B situation. So I think Sens fans are thrilled. The summer of Dorian continues as Sens fans are pretty quick to give some praise over what he's done the last couple of weeks. What, what's your initial impression there from a wild perspective? Well, you know, I, I, I chuckle when I, when I think about all the elements of this trade, because we had that just, just infamous Bill Guerin quote uh, from the draft Friday of, you know, he, he doesn't have to do anything to cater to whether it was a ploy for a little more money from Cam Talbot's agent, a true trade request. It sounds like the possibility of a trade, was discussed but never demanded by Talbot's camp. And so it just became a situation of like, look, if you don't want to be here, you don't want to be in a 50-50 split with Marc-Andre Fleury, let's get something done, get you to a spot where you can be the uh, the true like starter. And for a team, as you alluded to, a team that's on the rise. So for the Wild, it made a lot of sense, cleared up some cap room for them to be able to do a couple of things. I know the hot rumor has been Evgeny Malkin coming to uh, potentially to Minnesota if they can uh, try to work some money. I don't know if that's going to happen, but at the end of the day, it's Bill Guerin just just when you think you've got everything figured out as to like, hey, this is the roster we're going to go into the season with. Bill Guerin says, not so fast. And the thing I like about Gustafson too is, you know, may, maybe thrown into the NHL level a little before he was ready. Um, he's going to get the opportunity in Iowa to work with Jesper Wallstead. Those two will be able to go down there, really get some seasoning, get some experience. Because Marc-Andre Fleury is signed for this year, and he can come back next year if he wants to as well. It's essentially a one-year deal plus an option. So they got Fleury for at least this year and maybe next. So there's not a huge amount of pressure for them to be ready right away. So... It's a situation where you pick up a young goalie that could end up factoring into the uh, the equation after the Wild have come out of the worst of these buyouts. A couple of cheap goalies gives you money to throw around elsewhere. I don't know. I I would have liked to have had Cam Talbot going into this season, but at the end of the day, if he doesn't want to be here, you can't have a guy like that in the room and not to say he would have been a problem. But kudos to Bill Guerin for saying this is my team. If you don't want to be on it, we'll find somewhere else for you to go. Yeah, very fair. And because everything I hear about Cam Talbot just seems like consummate professional like yep. over the years. Uh, Sens fans remember back in 2017, Craig Anderson, his wife had just been diagnosed with cancer. He left the team for a little while, came back. And in his first game back, it was a shutout in Edmonton. And he came out for the first star uh, presentation, which a uh, way players don't usually do, but being in Canada, there's some Sens fans around the tunnel. He comes out. He's, he's literally got tears in his eyes. And you look down, and Cam Talbot's on the other bench giving a round of applause. So just kind of speaks to the character. So I'm surprised. Like, what went into the malcontent situation? Was it bringing in Flurry in the first place when he felt it was his team? He was an all-star last year, wasn't he? Yeah, so I think it stems from, you know, it's one thing to pull in a goalie for, like, the trade deadline for the stretch run and try to have somebody that can be a starter if you get hurt, or just to make sure that neither goalie gets worn down. But obviously, the way things played out in the playoffs against the Blues was a huge 
starting point for this whole thing. Talbot's numbers going into the postseason, 13-0-3 in his last 16 starts. He felt he was worthy to be the one that started game one against the Blues. Obviously, it ended up being Flurry, and Flurry started until it was already too late, and the Wild threw Talbot in for the final game of the series, ended up losing, and uh, was not super thrilled about it. So, you know, we as as Wild fans and people that cover this team kind of were like, <laughs> hopefully that gets taken care of and just smoothed out over the offseason. But at the end of the day, it there is a tie, obviously, between Marc-Andre Fleury and Bill Guerin from their days in Pittsburgh. And so Guerin wanted Fleury to be here. Fleury wanted to be here. They made the deal. And uh, Talbot just didn't want to be part of a 50-50 split. Hey, the irony is Philip Gustafson would have attended a training camp. Uh, maybe? No, I'm wrong. It was that year that he went to Vegas because Philip Gustafson was drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins. No, it was 2016 that he was 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. So they would have had uh, a, a training camp together in Pittsburgh. So a little familiar, familiarity. We know that uh, hockey circles, there's never too much uh, degree of separation between players. But that's kind of funny, a little uh, rendezvous. And then, hey, maybe you look down the line because he will be an RFA after this con- this uh, contract's up after this season where you get a little all-Swedish duo there with him and Jesper Wallstedt down the road. But um, I want to ask more about Cam Talbot because, again, he was an all-star. Like, what what can sense fans be expecting from him? It, it, the irony is here. Like, he's not the the one-period guy. He's, a, as I said, a 1A, 1B situation. Seems like he's happy. Pierre Lebrun got a quote out of him saying he's coming to a great situation for him. So maybe the change of scenery was enough, and he's closer to home. He's an Ontario guy as well. That could be enough to get him right back where he needs to be like what what can sense fans expect that his body of work is a 35 year old now he is a gamer i will tell you that for one uh the one thing that i've noticed with talbot over the course of his wild career is that it seems like if there is a time for opponents to get him it's early it seems like it takes him a little while to settle in sometimes but this is the exact same <laughs> when he does He's rock solid. I mean, he's had some just unbelievable games. He had the uh, the game late in the season against the Colorado Avalanche where he absolutely stood on his head, had something like 50 saves in the Wild 1-3-2. So he's a guy that's more than capable. He is a little more net quiet than someone like Marc-Andre Fleury. He's a little more stay close to home. He did have a rough stretch during the season where some of his mechanics, I think, got out of whack a little bit. Um, and little lack of confidence, but those are kind of those are the kinds of things that can be fixed. And he did fix them. Obviously, thirteen zero and three down the stretch. Um, I think he's a really good fit because I think he is a very clear, from my perspective, very clear upgrade over a guy like Matt Murray. And so <laughs> it just it makes sense for the Senators to make this move because I think he is a guy that can. I, I mean, he came in his first season with the wild and he was fantastic. So he has, he has that in him. And I think it's a, I think it's a really good match. You know, he's, he's not gonna, I wonder what would have happened had he gone to say Toronto um, and had to go in front of that decor. Um, yeah. Well, that's Ottawa's another story. Decor is still under construction here too. Cause 
Uh, they, they still have, I think, a, a hole to fill on the right side, but they're working on it here. Still a young decor, but again, he's not going to be thrown into 60, 65 games next year. I think it's going to be something of a, of a 55, 45, maybe Talbot, just with the extra veteran experience and all that, he might get the edge. But again, maybe DJ Smith goes to a guy who he had more comfort with this past season because he was relying on Forsberg about as much as a guy can without, you know, <laughs> ostracizing the uh, the six point two five million dollar guy who was sent down to the minors at <laughs> at, a, at a stint during the year, but uh, no, I I love the move from a senator's perspective because what I said there when it comes to Gustafson, like where the Sens are at right now, they don't have a Mark Andre Fleury, right? They don't have a guy who's what top five in the NHL all time in wins. Now Anton Forsberg maybe top five hundred in wins <laughs> right now in his career, but um, it, it certainly just gives them a little reliability. Whereas if you're the Minnesota Wild, and we can get into Philip Gustafson right now, because um, maybe for your listeners, like the, the two years that Philip Gustafson spent in the minors full time, I worked all the home games for Belleville with with Pilsy, my my uh, my co-host with Locked On Senders. We make the drive down from Toronto to Belleville, about a two and a half hour drive, get three hours of minimum wage, but it certainly added a little credibility to the pod when we were getting started. And we got to see kind of the rebuild begin with the Josh Norris's, the Drake Bathersons down there. But the common denominator was Philip Gustafson. This guy has played in Belleville every year that the team has existed. Five seasons in Belleville. Now he wow. snuck in at the end of the first year after it was the deadline trade. It was Derek Broussard to Pittsburgh in exchange for Philip Gustafson, a first round pick, and Ian Cole, who was then flipped for a third. But he comes in at the end of the year and then he was unreal in the COVID shortened season in Ottawa. But in Belleville, he always left me wanting more. And it was just what you said about Cam Talbot. There were times at the start of the game where you'd look up at the clock and be 2 nothing five minutes in, and you're like, what the heck? But, I mean, Belleville's offense, because you look at the wins and losses, you're like, oh, he's still huge in, in the win call. I'm like, that team, the COVID year especially, they were first place. They were going to absolutely ride through uh, in the postseason. But when he's on, he's on. And then and another interesting thing about him, and this happened his first NHL game, when he gets nervous, his hand falls asleep. Yeah. Uh, it was the exact same look that I put on. There's, There's got to be a clip. I'm sure your fans can listen. He just went to the bench, and all of a sudden, the trainer's massaging his hand. And everyone's like, what the heck's going on? He's like, yeah, yeah, when I get nervous, sometimes my hand falls asleep. But he's been able to make it to the NHL, so I don't think it's a huge issue. But it was certainly some, an eyebrow raiser when we saw that for the first time. Yeah, that uh, that is, I don't want to say a concern. It's interesting because, yeah. To keep an eye out, Wild fan. Just if you, if you notice that he's either, like, going and rubbing his hand or something, just having a nap. I'm going to just – it'll just be me anytime there's a video of that, just quote tweeting it in all caps, just saying, he's nervous, he's nervous. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, man, when he's on, like, what, his biggest attribute to me is his lateral mobility. The amount of two-on-ones where the pass goes across and he just, boom, he's right over there is, is unbelievable. And the way when he goes post-to-post, -post, his hands are so active. Like, you see some goalies, they kind of drop their hands when they go side-to-side. -side. Yep. He is right up there. Flurry's actually elite at this, too. Flurry's always in the splits, though. I haven't seen Gus go like that. He's just more like quick, boom, boom, great lateral mobility. For him, it's like, if he's good the first five minutes, he's probably going to have a great game. So I actually love the swing on upside there. And then when you take into the account the uh, the salary implications where now Minnesota's got a little bit of wiggle room now. I think this is one of those, like the trade was one for one. 
Each team gets an upgrade in what they're looking for. Short term for Ottawa. The Sens drafted a Tendi in the second round in 2019. Mad Sogar, big six foot eight. We call him the Great Dane, friend of the show. And um, a Danish kid, of course. The nickname has to make a bit more sense. But to me, he's already overtaken as a 21-year-old Gustafson in like the hierarchy. And that's not to discount Gus. I'd say in Scott Wheeler's goalie rankings last summer, he had Sogard as the fifth best goalie prospect in hockey. So it's not like a discount to Gus, but to me, it's like, that's the goalie of the future. Forsberg's 30, Talbot's 35. In realistic terms, he's probably just here for one year, but they're not yeah. going to need that guy. Whereas you got a guy making 787 on a one-year deal. I think this is just kind of a win-win, a classic win-win between the Sens and Wild. Good old-fashioned hockey trade. and uh, <laughs> Love it, man. In, in a world where there's so many, even like the Matt Murray trade, there's so many salary dumps. There's yep. so many, like, I'm trading this guy's contract. Like, this is a hockey trade that's going to benefit both teams, and I love it. And there's tons of Sens fans that are going to be cheering for Philip Gustafson. Now, I need to put this to you right now because this was, I want to say a 90-10 split, but maybe I'm just pumping my own tires I'm not telling you which one is which, but there are two nicknames and there was a portion of the fan base that was really trying to make one work. And I guess we were trying to make the other one work. Which do you prefer for Philip Gustafson? Gus the bus or Philly franchise? Ooh. Boy, I'm partial to Gus the bus, I think. No, okay, <laughs> get out of here. That's so bad. He's going down to Iowa if you start calling him Gus the Boss. He'll be riding it. Philly franchise is real good, too, though. I like no, that. Yeah, he, he hasn't played like a franchise goal. It sounded so good when he came in. He was so yeah. good the first year. But all in all, it's to, it's a fresh start for him, too, which I'm sure he'll appreciate. This guy won goalie of the tournament at the World Juniors in 2018. So he's got a little bit of a pedigree on him, too. So um, I, I'm cheering for him, man. I think he's good. He's one of those guys. He, he's not overly tall and he's a great quote. You'll like, you'll like him in the media too. Like just t- like, you know, Swedes are like that though. They'll just tell you what's on their mind. No filter on this guy. For so sure. They'll fit in well. And they've got a few Swedes already in, uh, in Minnesota. So we'll take him under his wing a little bit. And then you got, isn't it like the, the Prince of uh, where of Norway? Isn't that where Zuccarello is from? I think so. We uh, hear stories when he was in uh, when he was in New York. Anyone who was from Norway that would come to New York just expected him to get them tickets. <laughs> uh, the lizard, the lizard king. We love it. Dad. Well, I'll have to uh, I'll have to try to touch base with him myself uh, while he's uh, down in Iowa, just uh, just chilling with Wallstead. Maybe tan- yeah. tandem. Gus the bus, riding the bus down there. No, I would expect, and I don't know if, if the Wild are done tinkering, but I would expect them to go into next year with a flurry Gustafson pair. I'd be, I would like that. It'd be intriguing Gus to give him a to shot. Clear waivers. So okay. That, yeah. So there's, there's that extra little layer there. This was a three-year contract that Gus signed where the first two years was a two-way deal. And now he's getting his NHL money either way. And now he's got a clear waiver. So I think you're, you're looking at a situation where, if he has a good training camp, this guy's going to be on the roster. And does he clear waivers if he's not? So that's kind of another thing that you have to look at when it comes to uh, to Goss at the end of this year. There you have it. Uh, potential backup goalie for the Wilds. And best of luck to Cam Talbot in Ottawa. For more on this, for more on free agency, make sure you're staying up to date with Locked on Wilds and Locked on Senators wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. 
With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And why wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Plus, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend anywhere from 30 to 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and RockAuto.com's prices are reliably low for every customer. So head to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All at rockauto.com. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And uh, we will finish up today's episode with a couple of interesting points in regards to free agency and potential targets for the Wild in free agency. Now, an angle that I had not considered that I think is super pertinent to what happened here um, over the course of the last 24 hours is one of the Wild's biggest free agents outside of Marc-Andre Fleury, Nick Delorier, who was widely expected to have a lot of interest on the free agent market, which was expected to price him out of what the Wild could offer in free agency. Well, Wild just got an additional $3 million in cap space to be able to potentially offer him a little bit more to hang around and be potentially in the mix for 13th forward. Uh, Garen mentioned in his Talbot trade presser that one of the big objectives objectives for the Wild and free agency was to find a bottom six forward. I don't know if that's the route that they'll go. Would not shock me if they at least attempt to retain him considering the additional funds that uh, have been put together by this Talbot trade. Now, for other names who are potential free agents for the Wild to look at, we're just going to look at some of the names on the list based off of what they made um, in terms of salary this past season. Um, One name in particular I've heard mentioned uh, a couple of different places would be uh, that of Callie Yarncroke. And uh, coming off of a season in which he made $2 million and... um, a pretty good player. I think he looks like he had uh, 13 goals this past season. Now, might be a little too pricey. 12 goals, I beg your pardon. Might be a little pricey, depending on what else the Wild want to do. But there are plenty of names that were in that uh, 2 million-ish area uh, in terms of salary that the uh, the Wild could look at. I mean... Rem Pitlick is going to be a free agent once again, so uh, he could be a name that uh, the Wild potentially take a look at. I know the the 
very popular one is uh, Sonny Milano, formerly of uh, the Ducks, who has not extended a qualifying offer, and so he will just straight up be a uh, free agent. So that could be a route that um, the Wild end up looking at. He's 26 and had uh, 34 points in 66 games. Also uh, is, from what I've been hearing, a uh, pretty good skater as well. So there are plenty of options for the Wild to look at for bottom six guys. Um, That could mean any number of things. That could mean that Tyson Jost is getting bumped up to the uh, the Rossi-Boldy line. That could mean Freddie Goudreau is staying on that line. It it remains to be seen. But um, I think the additional cap money has given Bill Guerin flexibility to go after a couple of different players to add some um, some depth, some injury insurance. But we got to keep in mind, too, especially on the defensive side of the ice, the Wild are rolling with seven defensemen right now, plus Kalen Addison in Iowa. So there really isn't a need for them to do anything there. We're looking more at forwards, and as you heard in the uh, interview with Ross, The fact that Gustafson's contract is a – it's basically a one-way for the final year unless Gustafson clears waivers to head down to the AHL. He's probably going to be the backup goalie unless there's an absolute emergency uh, to where the Wild would need to bring somebody else up, in which case at that point they will. So really I think you're looking at – the likelihood of a little bit of that money being saved for Rossi and others to be elevated. Beyond that, you're looking at a forward or two to uh, kind of complete the uh, complete the circle. So it, it's not going to surprise me at all, and I, I don't have any intel into this, but it's not going to surprise me at all if this additional money allows the Wild to at least give Nick Delorier a look to try to retain him. Seemed like he was well-liked by uh, the team after he was acquired at the trade deadline. So wouldn't surprise me if they at least make an attempt to bring him back. Whether it works or not, again, remains to be seen. So there's a lot that uh, will be figured out with free agency. But the thing that uh, this trade of Cam Talbot did was it gave Bill Guerin some options to fill out the rest of his roster. And that will do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. So uh, now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to the Locked on NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on heading into free agency. Locked on NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just like Locked on Wild, available wherever you listen, anytime you feel like listening as well. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast platforms to stay up to date on all things Minnesota Wild. And we are keeping you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network.